podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. That's what I say. Let the bear rebel plan say it's in him home. But his hope was a rope and he should have known. It's hard to understand. There was love in this land. I'm sure all would agree that his misery was his woman and things. Now, Freddy's day. That's what I say. Trev's dead. It's the day, Trippers. Trev's dead again and Phil can barely talk after a weekend of debauchery in Cologne. So tonight the trippers are back and I'm hosting it. Yes, it's not Niall Quinn, but I will happily advertise Daz if Lever pay me enough. It's me, Steve O'Daly, friend to no one on Twitter because basically I hate all you Twitter fucks. Joining me tonight in the Bikram Yoga Palace of Bunk Air is the notorious Paulie B, Der Führer Willem II, Scouse Mariachi Merchant Ray Brady and Pod Dibiotanti uh, Dave O'Connell. So welcome along to this week's Day Trippers. On tonight's pod, we have a match. Yes, a match to talk about. We will cover the Sterling exit. Right. First up, Phil went over to Germany and managed to sit down with Jeremy Dow in Cologne. He chatted at length about the work of the agent and how far they would be prepared to push a deal with a client. They also get sidetracked and talk German goalkeeping, as Phil loves to do, and the strength of the academy system in Germany, including the work of insoccer.de, which they carry out with young talent. Have a listen. Okay, so um, I'm fortunate and uh, happy enough to be joined by Jeremy here, who's a football agent with um, Jens Novotny's in soccer team. Um, it's good to have him on board and it's good to get an opinion of an agent because at this moment in time, the guys have a really bad rep in England with the stuff that's going on with Sterling and Eddie Roach, uh, Eddie Ward and all that type of stuff. So, Jeremy, you aren't really the devil, are you? <laughs> <laughs> No draw left to start for sure. Um, no, not at all. Uh, obviously, uh, just like in any business, in any walk of life, there's good people and bad people. And uh, in my business, I certainly consider myself to be a to be a good one. Um, it's all down to uh, the motivation that drives uh, decisions for agents. You know, and some are driven by the money, and some are driven by uh, let's say the glory of being at a big club. You know, and being in the stands watching their client play, and others are driven. And I, I would. I would imagine that's in the minority, um, driven by the idea of uh, what is the best for the development of my client in the long term. Because um, at the end of the day, any professional football player between the ages, let's say, 23 and about 29 to 31, uh, they have to be making the most amount of money possible in that short window because you never know what's going to come down the road for injury. And certainly um, most players aren't playing at a high level past 32, 33. So, um you know they need to maximize their um, their economic return for their input um, yeah. from a, from a sportive sense of things. So um, 
you know, at, at the end of the day, if the um, if the motivation is correct and if the decisions are made um, in, a, in, a, in a decent way regarding uh, what's important for the future of the client, then um, yeah, n- normally it should it should work out. Uh, um, if, if 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 that's done in a positive way, so uh, I'd like to say I'm not the devil. <laughs> we, we provide uh, very very solid um, decision making advice for our clients, but at the end of the day, it's also down to the client too. And sometimes, yeah. uh, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but they're not always going to drink the water you're giving them. And and that's what we're, I'm trying to get to is how much of it is client driven and how much is you know um, agent driven. Because when somebody looks at say the the the, the staring or even even Skirt when he was making his his, his uh, press statements around wanting a new deal and. Not not getting enough money and all that type of things. How much of that gets driven by the player himself? Like, are you driven by the player? Or are you driven by your own interests when it comes to being be, being a player's agent? It's definitely player driven. Um, in the case of here in Germany, uh, there are significantly more agents in the market than there are in England or Spain or Italy or France. So there's so much competition that the players hear so much from various agents that it applies pressure on you uh, as an agent for your clients uh, because you know they can your clients can jump ship at any time. And um, I think to a large degree, it is down to, to client interest. But uh, if you give the, your, uh, you know, your clients in the early days, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 to 19 in the youth days, if you give them the, the right advice and if they have a good family at home, good parents who have raised them properly, then they'll realize that it's not about making $100 now. It's about making, you know, $10,000 two yeah. years down the road. Um, so I think that... In one hand, it is client-driven to the point that certain clients will insist that they want something, and you may know in your head and your heart that it's not the right decision, but uh, you know you have to respect the decisions of your clients. And, and then from the other side, sometimes your clients are, are smart enough to, to listen to the advice that you're giving them, and not that they have to listen to what you say, but um, oftentimes you know we've been there, done that sort of thing, and we've seen this story before, so it, it's... It's normally based on experience. So, um, yeah, I'd say we're probably at about 50-50 in that range. And that oftentimes it does come from the client. But then uh, fortunately, uh, you know, uh, frequently enough, it's, it's, it's also coming from our side, from the agent side. Okay. When I look at this, these type of things, you know, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of outbursts, particularly around when, when anybody's negotiating a deal. Look, look at Schweini gone to United today. So, you know, everyone is looking the same. What, what, what's going on? How come Bayern Munich couldn't keep one of the, their, their main players in, in, in their club, etc., etc., right? How much does that, when you look at it, when you go into, a, say, negotiations or you want to talk to, the, to, to a club or whatever, how much does wanting to keep them there drive what you, what you have to do? Or does that even come into the, come into the equation? It... I mean, it's so rare nowadays to see a player spend his entire career at one club, so it's not surprising that Schweinsteiger ends up taking that move. Um, and with that specific example in mind as well, you know, you've also got Alonso there in the hole, who isn't as well the fastest player in the world. So it was almost like that club was too big for the both of them to be in. Um, or better said, both of those profiles are too large to be in the same club. Um, I think at the end of the day, uh, when you look at something like Feinsteiger's deal I think that um, you know Manchester United is also a very traditional club uh, in England it is almost you, you could liken it to a, to a Liverpool deal let's say and I think that after winning the World Cup and winning the Champions League and all that type of stuff I think that I could understand that he wants to take a you know a foreign journey with his career at a, you know at age 30 um, very similar to Pep himself yeah, absolutely, and and I'm, I'm very certain that Schweinsteiger will be successful. Um, if he's not, I'd be shocked, you know. And and it is football. I could be completely wrong, and maybe he's a complete bust. But um, 
I think that I'm not really surprised by a deal like that, and I've seen it with uh, with other clubs and with other clients, so it hasn't shocked me. And certainly, uh, he'll he'll improve the United side for 100. percent So um, I'm sure that that'll work out for both sides. So uh, the, my, one of the questions I have to ask, and I'm one of the ones that I'm sure that all the listeners will be asking, how far would you push a deal? <laughs> so, <laughs> what, 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 uh, like when, when I say how far, like we're looking at. Uh, uh, at the Sterling team, we, we looked at Suarez because he did his interviews in the, pay, the press and everything like that. Um, how far would you push the client? Like, would you would you push it to the point of no return? Well, uh, if the client really wants to deal, then I'd push it as much as he wanted me to. But you have to remember as well that if you push a player into a club to that level to really really push them aggressively in the club and to you know to, to push the club to make the right offer for your client then it also gives the club the indication that you don't have other deals on the table mm. and so if you come off as too desperate um you know you're you're generally losing 20 to 40 percent of, of the financial offer whereas if the club's coming to you because they have interest in it then then that's a different story so i would certainly push my clients to a certain extent if it's a really really good fit and you know uh, from a footballing standpoint that they would play then fine i would do it but otherwise i wouldn't uh, push it too too much a good example of that would be with Mesut Ozil uh, when he left uh, Schalke U23 uh, coming out of the U19. Norbert Elgert, who's one of the best youth trainers in the world uh, from the U19 in, in, in Schalke, told Mesut Ozil himself, take the offer to go to Werder Bremen because in Werder you will play. And here this year with the first team in Schalke, you will probably not play and you will probably stay with the U23. Whereas at U23, integration in Germany is excellent. Uh, and for a lot of players, it's worked quite well. For Ozil, he just had an opportunity to play for the first team. So I know for a fact that Reza Fazili, his, his agent, pushed that quite a bit uh, in order to, to get him to go. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously it worked out quite well for him in the long term. He also made his, his Real, Real Madrid deal as well. So, um, yeah, I'll, if, if I really think that it's, it's worth it and it is really what the client wants, I will push it. Um, I will definitely push it to a certain extent. Obviously, sometimes you have clients at the club yourself and you can use your current client's you know, is a bit of a leverage uh, point as well, um, but it's also important as well to keep a good club relationship uh, because uh, down the road you'll have more clients, and you want to make sure that the clubs can trust you and know that you make your judgments on you know a good basis. I've got to ask because it is seen as a, a conveyor belt of talent now, especially in England, because you know the clubs have only opened up to the idea of bringing Bundesliga players in. Correct. Who? You know, there's the obvious. There's Max Meyer, there's Julian uh, Draxler, there's all these kids that are coming through. But the layer behind that, you know, that isn't that where you guys are in in, in terms of what's what's going on. We are ourselves right now uh, with our company. I mean, we've we one of the, one of the strongest players in the U20 World Cup in New Zealand, Robert Bauer, who's kicking on right now with Ingolstadt in the first team, and there, there are other clubs in the first Bundesliga interested in him. Uh, your U21s were very strong. Uh, Karim Derembay, uh, who didn't even play all matches, is an excellent talent. Um, you've got uh, a whole host of players uh, that, that, that are really, really strong. Um, there are certainly um, some really interesting talents between the U20 and the U21. And, I mean, both of those teams had a host of second Bundesliga and first Bundesliga starters. And that's just part of the German culture. It is a conveyor belt. And at every year group, even from the U19 up, you've got... Bundesliga starters, um, you know, and certainly in, in in the U19s, they beat Netherlands one 0 last night. You've got Max Christensen also at uh, at Ingolstadt is now a first Bundesliga player, and there's just a lot of a lot of youth talent. The, the youth development in Germany is second to none in the world at the moment. It's in my opinion head and shoulders above the rest. Um, and uh, I think in the next five to six years, you're going to see 
a continuous amount of yearly German talent that is being noticed that has certainly been on the radar in Germany for years. But it, again, as you said, it's just just starting to get picked up on the radar of other major leagues like the Premier League. One of my own hobby horses is our goalkeepers. You have incredibly <laughs> strong goalkeepers over here. Yeah. So around the coaching, because I know Jens, the you know would have been back in his day, you know, a, a big player in the Bundesliga. But the coaching around goalkeepers just seems phenomenal. Uh, like, uh, is there like is there speciality coaching from an early age with these with these guys? Because I'm looking at Kevin Trapp going to to PSG. I'm looking at Timo Horn coming through, yeah, at Cologne, yeah, at, coming through at Cologne. I'm looking at the guys, even Mitch Langerak going off to, to Stuttgart to, to make his own career. And yeah, he's come over and he, he's come through the, the, the BVB system and the whole lot. And even, um, who's the guy you well, you're, well, you're looking at Ter Stegen, for example, yeah, starting, yeah. you know, I mean, that's the U, Euro U21 championships. And Ter Stegen started all matches for Barcelona in the Champions League and in the, in the Spanish Cup this year. And I, mean, I don't think he lost a match in Spain this no. year. Uh, so uh, he's excellent. There's, there's a conveyor belt of goalkeepers in Germany. And obviously part of it is down to the fact that this area of Europe has the tallest human beings in the world. You know, the Dutch are the, t- the, Dutch are the tallest nation in the world and the Germans are far behind them. I don't know what it is. It's something in the, something in the bratwurst that they eat or whatever. The currywurst. The currywurst, yeah. There's, there's, there's something that, that's genetically there that just they're just super species with regard to their size. But obviously, you know, it's not just about talent. It's about the coaching. And, and there's just some really good schools. And in, in the case, then I go back to Norbert Elgert at Schalke who worked wonders you know, as, as a regular coach with Manuel Neuer and brought him through the ranks at Schalke before he made his change to, to Bayern Munich. And I think that there are just a couple of really special coaches around Germany that really, really know what they're doing. Um, and you can even go back. You're looking at, you're, you look at, for example, World Cup USA 94. You had Andreas Kopka and two goalkeepers behind yeah. him was yeah. third stringer Oliver Kahn. You know, and, yeah, yeah. and then obviously he, he broke through and had his career as well. And, it's just year after year after year there are German goalkeepers that come in and I'm often as an agent from Canada asked to bring North American goalkeepers uh, into the German market into the youth and unless they're the best things in sliced bread that I've ever seen come from across the pond I'm just not going to do it because bringing a goalkeeper to Germany simply scares me it's, it's just not worth it it's, it's all work and very little return because there's just too many talents here and it's just better off from my standpoint to work with German goalkeepers oh yeah listen I, it was a loaded question because I'm a, I'm a massive fan of German goalkeepers. But however, um, one la- one very last question. It is um, if you get stuck into negotiations with Liverpool someday, who's the player we're going to be watching playing at Anfield? Because we have Bobby Firmino now, we have Emery Chan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Emery Chan's a very local boy, uh, Dusseldorf boy here, and, and came through the ranks. Uh, um, certainly bro- broke in very well. Um, he's, a, he's an animal in in, in Liverpool, and I, I know I know he's liked. At first, sort of took the time to to get to like him, and I, I think at Liverpool he's played a bit of centre half, but it, I, I know he likes to play in the hole, and he's just very dynamic. He's another example of the top Turkish talents that come here from Germany. There are tons of Turks, and uh, they're just they bring that that combination of German physicality and coaching with that. Turkish technical ability that is just second to none and, and I know that the Turkish Association are licking their lips for these players but they're not going to get them mm. uh, because they uh, you know if they have the quality like Gundogan for example um, and, and, and Mesut Ozil etc they're going to choose to play for Germany if they can and they're good enough to yeah. uh, the Turkish are very special here um, I think if there's I guess another player that's going to come to Enfield I, I think that in general I would look at the north West of Germany, I would look in the Ruhrpott. I would look in this area between Köln and Cologne, excuse me, and 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 um, Gelsenkirchen, Schalke, Dortmund, uh, Bochum, Duisburg, Düsseldorf. Up in here, in that area of the Ruhrpott, this is the industrial northwest of Germany. 
you know, just like this yeah. industrial northwest yeah, yeah. Of, of, of UK. And I think that the Turkish player, like a Ch- like an Emre Can, uh, has has a really really nice fit. And I don't know who I'm going to tell you. You're going to you're, you're going to see. To be honest with you, I don't have one specific player, but I'd have a sneaking suspicion that he'd be from here, from the Ruhr pot. And yeah. I, and I think that at the moment, your U19s, uh, your you even your U17s, your U20s, your U21s, there are so many talents from this specific area. And they're blue collar talents. You know, they come from humble backgrounds. They come from humble homes, and they work their socks off for the success that they have. And I, I just, I would suggest that you'd probably see a boy coming from Schalke Academy, from Dortmund Academy, from Borussia Mönchengladbach Academy, which is very special. Yeah. Uh, something, something from they, this area. I think that you'd end up seeing in the long term. Gladbach have really developed some good players. Like, <laughs> you know, sending Kramer back to Leverkusen, like they've really turned him to a, to a football superstar now at this stage. Given, yeah. given where he's come from, like. Yeah, absolutely, and um, it's his agent was a, a a friend and a partner of mine has sort of been torn between the idea of you know what club he's going to land at in the long term, and obviously they're both fantastic clubs and they're at the moment both Champions League clubs, but uh, I think that uh, obviously he's contractually bound to. Can, to, to can, you have, can you have a word and sort it out and make him come down for you? <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 a nice player in the hole. He's another guy that just gets the job done. Unassuming, you don't see him so much, but he just almost Hargreaves likes gets those tackles in makes the easy ball often forward if he can and he just he, you know he's, he's, he's a workman like in, in, in his approach to football and that's very German that's that's a German philosophy the, the Germans work their socks off and I think you know you look at a striker for example like Miroslav Klose how has he been so successful he's not unbelievably fast he's not unbelievably technical but that guy works from the second that whistle is blown to the second it's done and he just manages to be the guy who tactically is so well developed that he knows where to be you know, and he has that work rate that goes with it. And I think Kramer is a good example of that as well. He's a guy who's, uh, you know, he hasn't had the best of seasons this year, but it's it's been decent. You know, and we're talking Champions League standard, of course, as well. That that, that we can't forget that. But um, he just he just gets the job done, and he's been so well developed that I, I think that there's one player that could certainly fit into your side very well. Oh, I know. Listen, Jeremy, an absolute pleasure. And it's nice to put a voice to the agents that the all agents aren't evil, even if Raheem Sterling's might be. But uh, <laughs> it's a, an absolute pleasure to have you on the pod, and uh, best wishes. I appreciate it. I'd just like to throw a quick shout-out to the uh, Cork School boys who came over here and joined me for a German tour a few months ago. So I know, I, I hope maybe some of them are listening. So uh, they came over here and played Cologne and played Dusseldorf and uh, had a nice old experience against the u 15 So uh, Did they win? Uh, they just lost to Cologne and they they beat Dusseldorf, so they, they they really showed themselves well. So Jerry Ducey, if you're out there, uh, best best wishes to your lads and uh, certainly your Cork boys came over here and really really showed themselves. And it was only a schoolboys team, so it wasn't the best of the best that that uh, you know the South Shore has to offer. Yeah. But uh, they really showed themselves well. Absolute pleasure, brother. Thank you very much. Cheers, my pleasure. Okay, um, next up, uh, we're going to look at a review of our first match uh, versus Tie Eleven uh, Pepsi All Stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, so lads, first preseason. Out of the way, thanks to God. Um, we don't have to spend an hour talking about transfers, so let's dive in and talk about the match. Uh, anything stand out? Performances or shape? See anything we actually should give a shit about? Or what's the thoughts, Paul? Origi looks good. Yeah. That was about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he looked concise. I like it. <laughs> no, I was really impressed with him. Obviously, he kind of looked the way we thought he would. He was quick. He looked skillful. 
probably a bit raw kind of in front of goal he probably should have had a hat-trick but um, yeah I was, I was really impressed with him and I'm kind of fairly excited about him now I know it's only like one match against a pack of accountants and fucking street versions <laughs> and all but still, street fighters yeah, I'm fairly excited when yeah you'd have to feel that given the way you know Rogers has worked with other strikers in terms of improving their their strike rate in front of goal there might be the raw elements there to, to work Ex- with except for all our strikers last year well, well other listen, than that no 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 I said strikers <laughs> <laughs> not men wearing jerseys at the top of the field yeah hopefully like I mean uh, I, know you, I know you're not allowed to say anymore that he, he uh, improved Suarez but Suarez did really blossom under him so hopefully Absolutely. someone someone like Origi who has that like a kind of a good wide skill set he looks like yeah. technically good he's quick hopefully he can blossom under Rogers as well yeah, and Dave, what did you think? Again, I, I was very impressed with Origi. I thought he looked sharp. Um, yeah. I was definitely impressed. He played on the shoulder, the last man. I think we lacked that last year. I think a lot of our strikers dropped deep or pulled wide for the ball, especially when we were playing the diamond formation with one man up top. But even Young Maguire some, uh, put in a great ball at one stage and nearly got his toe to it. So I was def- definitely impressed with him. And I, um, yeah, he's good skills, and I think he's going to be good. Yeah. I do. And I think if Benteke did come to Liverpool, I think he could keep him out of the team and the fit storage. Okay, okay, interesting. Razor, what do you think yourself? Yeah, no, I was impressed with it originally, but uh, the, the, the big thing for me was scoring two goals from set pieces, two yeah. headed goals, my Jesus, that was yeah. being our Achilles heel for how long now, since well, Gertle got I, them, I think, them loads. Uh, I think you're one of those nut jobs getting carried away. The, th- the opposition were like all oh, three care. foot tall. Just, listen, it was like I a team from Olympus. It when we can see corners, shitting it when we're, when we're taking corners <laughs> into us scoring two goals. Did you know I was like, fucking like happy with it? Yeah, it was just <laughs> they were up there in the box. So <laughs> it didn't matter. Let's right? be honest. When they came out onto the pitch, I actually heard um. <laughs> no, in fairness, you'd have to think that the delivery last season was actually poor, not necessarily our attack of the ball. So, so you know, with, with a better delivery from the wide areas, be that the way we're going to play for Benteke or be that just from set pieces, it has to be promising to see that. Well, we've, got, a, we've got rid of Sterling now, so we'll be able to find someone who will cross the ball. Well, mm. this, this is a hell of a problem. <laughs> um, Phil, what did you think yourself? Well, uh, I heard a lot of uh, people giving uh, Maguire, uh, you know, sort of <laughs> plaudits for his performance. What was what was your thoughts on that? Look, I, I, I struggle to read too much in, in, into a game like that. It's, it's purely first pre-season game. It's really a, a training exercise. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's that's half the reason why they picked the opposition because if you ever think of most of our first pre-season games, it's against pretty rubbish opposition. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a... It's a, it's a an exhibition game yeah, nearly. Yeah, yeah, it really is. But like you know, I I thought there was a lot of good things that came out of it. I thought I, I, I like I thought I did well when he was on the on the pitch. I thought I, from what I saw Milner Henderson, the way they played together, I know Alan was sitting behind them, but they looked to have an understanding <laughs> Mm. Uh, a fairly decent understanding on the mm. pitch, and Henderson wasn't dropping in deep, and not you know you know they were they're up against a team who weren't able to get out of their own half, and so many times when we play teams in, in Anfield, teams just sit back and camp yeah. in their own yeah, thing. So absolutely. you know, from that, it's it's a learning experience. It's not going to be anywhere near the same level as what they're playing against, but you know it's good for them to get used to being just just be camped in the opposition's team, the and dominant, be able, yeah, and, and be yeah, able to break them down. Break it down, and and what do you think that I actually thought, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I thought Ings in the first half did very well. He could have had a couple yeah. of goals and I thought, you know, his movement was really good. He was in around the box. I thought, like, in comparison to Lambert, who, who again, looked like, you know, a, a non-league player. Yeah. But I, I, I genuinely thought 
Ings looked looked a lot better than I was expecting them to look. Um, and he put in a shift, and you know, he he was unlucky not to score with the chance. And I thought Teixeira, and I thought Markovic, I thought Markovic, especially Markovic in the first half, I thought he looked yeah. really comfortable playing just behind the, the, the two front men. Mm. Put some through some great balls, took a hooked the goal really well. Like he, you know, he was stumbling over and mm. still managed to get a, the, the shot on target and get it away. And he took yeah. it around the keeper. It's it's a it's a dying art of taking mm. it around the keeper these days. Mm. And it was really good. And I was happy to see that and again. You know, Henderson did very well. That, that oh, now we're going to talk about this flick for the goal. And overall, uh, there was a lot of good things. There was uh, talking about some of the mad things that went on. But uh, you know, overall, I looked at that and say that's exactly what you want from your first preseason game. A comfortable win. They all got time on the pitch, and some of the fume and anger that went on before that game um, is laughable when you when you look at what what it was. Can I can I just say something now? Never again should the word fume be used on this. <laughs> Can we just get that out there now? It's a Twitter wanker saying <laughs> nobody in the real world actually uses it. And if we could just refrain from ever saying it on the pod again, I would be most appreciative. So let's move on. Um, if you in terms of, uh, you know what? I've no problem with the word fuming. That's fine. You know, he was fuming. But when people start using the word uh, the noun utter, fume. Yeah, utter fume, and it's just like, fuck off. Anyway, um, so yeah, in, in terms of, uh, I haven't heard anybody talk about Klein. What was the thoughts on yeah, well, Klein? The, the, the unfortunate thing about Klein is that the side of, it, the side of the pitch he was playing on was waterlocked, so he couldn't play any oh, right. yeah. Very difficult to get a look at him, but mm-hmm. he did make some great ones forward, and he has a really, really good burst of pace. Yeah. Um, similar, I think, you know, he's even better than Seamus Coleman at the moment. Um, when a couple of years ago, Coleman used to make, make great runs in behind, mm. um, you know, the back four of the opposition, uh, which he doesn't do anymore. But it was good to see Klein. I'd like to see a right back that will get in behind the back four and get a good cross in. That's what Johnson used there. to do. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's all dependent on what's in front of him as well. Mm. That's huge, you know, because it, there's no point bombing on if you've got someone that's sort of playing in front of you and is not dropping back to cover your arse then as well. So yeah. the, you could get caught in that limbo land. So it'll, it'll all be dependent on what's in front and what way we're set up. But Milner, a lot of times there yesterday, went running from the middle over to the to the right wing to, to give him something to aim at. And it opened up the play noise for us as well. Um, nothing new there with Milner. It looks like fucking himself and... Henderson had the Duracell bunnies there, the cunts had run all day, you know. Yeah. You'd have to Klein, really Klein made a couple of those runs, you know, towards towards the opposition box rather yeah. than just down the line. Mm-hmm. The yeah. one, like, like the one he scored, scored against, against us, us yeah. from. And like, if, yeah. if that's the way he's set up, are you thinking Chan comes in for Allen in that in that same formation with the two lads in front of him? You can only go on what's been said and, and that's exactly where they've been talking about Emery Chan playing yeah. because, you know, the the under twenty the German under-21 manager yeah. has said that he spoke to Rodgers and that's where Emery Chan is going to play this season. So, he like actually said take over from Gerard, didn't he? In that, in, yeah, yeah. in that position. So, like, I, I don't, and I don't see why not because when I looked at it, I'm straight away thinking, you know, you'd imagine Chan sitting there instead of Alan. The physicality that he brings mm-hmm. in today, naturally, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's more mobile, mobile than Lucas. It's like you're combining the two good parts of the of the the Alan and Lucas and game. somebody who's played centre <coughs> half forward who can drop in, who, who can cover for Klein or Moreno if they've decided to go. Yeah. I won't say walk about, or, but bomb yeah, on. more simpler. He just slots back into the middle of the centre backs, and the two centre backs become auxiliary they push backs. Yeah. They push just on Klein there, I thought that um, I played as a wing back in the last game against Stoke Way and he had an excellent performance. Hmm. So if I did play some games on the right, it would definitely give Klein uh, an option to go forward because the, uh, Ibe is good defensively. Mm. You know, yeah. he will yeah. provide a good option yeah. to, to, to hold back. Yeah, and I agree. Like when when you looked at even though that side was waterlogged, the two of them were looking were looking to interchange they, mm. again. What, what, good. Yeah, what what I liked about it, in fairness, and look, the opposition isn't great, but there did seem to be some genuine understanding on the pitch between players, and you know, and again, what was really nice to see was pace. 
especially in the second mm. half. We seem to have loads of pace. Mm. The one thing that we were, we were we were very slow last season. In yeah, the up, right? even the fast <coughs> players. The, yeah, even the quick players that we have weren't yeah. building. Mm. And the speed of play yeah, as much yeah, as as much was, as fellas just running by defenders. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's getting so, the ball moving it quickly and runners going quick. It's those <laughs> conditions were really <laughs> difficult. We had a waterlogged pitch. You could see the ball holding up and everything like that. But they were still able to move it quickly, and when they were getting on it, they were really moving the ball nicely. And it allowed, <coughs> going back to, to Dave's earlier point about Origi, like, again, he's, he has pace. Mm, yeah. You know, when, when, when you see Well, it's pace definitely what front, we lacked up front last season. Yeah. Somebody to get in behind and, yeah. and stretch a defence. And we seem to see a tactical variation in, in two, we, see, we saw two shapes in, in both halves. With the first half, they, they clearly played a diamond with two up front. And the second half, they went into a more orthodox 4-3-3 with one, one central striker up front. Mm. And you can say... To me, that's saying to me, okay, we seem to have finally now two default formations, yeah. mm-hmm. and you have the auxiliary one of the three at the back if needs be. Yeah, you know, so they're, they're all signs of progression. And, and again, you don't want to go over the top and don't get too carried away. But that's what you want to see in pre-season. Oh, absolutely. The only thing you want to see in pre-season is what lessons have we learned, how are we trying to rectify it, and what, what progression has been made with the players that we've signed. And, yeah. and of course, the weather levels acclimatised for Stoke. Stoke. <laughs> 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 on, on a wet Saturday. <laughs> I felt a bit for, sorry for Teixeira as well, because he's been saying this is a massive pre-season for me. He came back super quick from that His injury he had. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, was, I was shocked that he was back so quick mm-hmm. from that. And then, like, so he's coming in. He's saying this is a huge preseason for me. And he's getting on the ball all the time and looking up, and he's trying to thread it through for Ricky Lambert. <laughs> and it was it was absolutely ridiculous watching Lambert trying yeah. to get on the end of these. Tajira must be there. Going, Listen, I may as well be playing playing with my broken leg. Be fucking playing balls for this fella. And then he, he and looks then good he, though. Yeah, no, he did, yeah, 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 no, he did. He and then did. the second half, like when Tashera comes off, that he has like Origi, Ivan, yeah. all these players like, on the pitch oh, overlapping yeah. everywhere. Fuck off, friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a chance. And what about Hendo's Rabona? Oh. Eh? Oh. It was it was a sexual little bit of play mm. for me. You know, it's uh, like I, I think he had an okay season last year, and and that's okay. Everybody, you know, there's no real people came out with any sort of um, great kudos. Yeah, mm. but I really can see him pushing on this season. And yeah. I really hope he does. I hope he steps it up. Just on to that, the level I, I agree with you, Phil. Absolutely. And I think, with, unfortunately, with Stevie last year, <coughs> Hendo was left, you know, doing a lot of the pressing himself because mm. Stevie didn't have the legs. Mm. And when Mil- when Milner is in the side now, the two of these lads can press. You know, similar to two years ago when we didn't have the ball. Remember, it was like four, five, six seconds we were getting it back. And last year, Hendo was doing double the workload because Stevie couldn't do it. Yeah. So now with Milner and Hendo. You know, I think we can really, really press. And you, you have two players who are going to press, but can also play football. Yeah, absolutely. you know, which is a mm-hmm. massive important. But you don't yeah. just have a, a yard dog who's going to go chasing after fucking anything at all. The sign of a player progressing is that he can make ordinary opposition look poor. Mm-hmm. And Henderson, to his credit, made ordinary opposition look poor yesterday. Even mm-hmm. to, even to pull off the Rabona, you know, as an assist. <laughs> That's exactly what it does. Yeah, that's yeah. what you expect from top level players. He's pulled off a PR blinder here as well. Yeah, cause yeah. There, was, there was a big like kind of when he was made captain. There was a lot of people that were very underwhelmed and all. But he's nailed the Asian market. Yeah. He's went down <laughs> against the big packer. Like I don't he know. He just filmed the Pepsi ad yesterday. <laughs> yeah. The exact same Ravona. No legs and all. He was pulling out. Like I think as part of the FIFA contract, he has to do one Ravona per game. <laughs> <laughs> Surely the Coke and noodles market. Is right. you really want to be <laughs> I'd say Sean O'Driscoll was there with the PlayStation 4 controller. Yeah. <laughs> it does show. It definitely shows uh, Henderson's level of confidence at the moment. Mm. You know, a lot of things are going right for him recently, and fair enough, it's a pre-season friendly. But to try that, you know, it shows where he's at, and it's it's good. You know, it's it's positive, definitely. Yeah. 
And last but not least, Lambert. You know, we've got to give a special mention for Ricky, don't we? Well, in fairness, right, there was, between himself and Lovren, Lovren carried on as he did last yeah. season. I was there going, I, I, genuinely, the fellow was hoofing balls all over the shop. At one stage, there was nobody in front of him for a ball out to Klein. And for some reason, he wanted to chip a 60-yard pass mm. that went straight over Klein's head and out to touch. And you could actually see Klein going, Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that old <laughs> special. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. But you know, look, those are players that if they want to have a few, like Lambert doesn't have a future. Let's be honest about this at the club, mm. right? Um, I'd be amazed if he's here in September. I'd be absolutely amazed. I don't know. I don't know where he. Pl- I don't I know think when if he the plays. Benteke deal goes through, he, he probably heads the even, opposite direction. Even without the Benteke deal, I'd say if they don't sign another striker, they'd be more likely to keep Balotelli than keep Lambert. Mm. Yeah. And rightly so. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Rightly so. Um, and lads. What about Lawrenson on commentary? Oh my! <laughs> Are we going to have to suffer him Jesus for every preseason game? He absolutely slays Liverpool on every um, neutral channel, and then when he's with LFC TV, he's a we we. we yeah. 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 I think who's we? Yeah. All of a sudden, I didn't realise you had an affiliation to the Asian All Stars. Oh my god! And everything. He was like he was making things, and by the, uh, halfway through, like he was he was just making general stereotypical comments, right? And you could hear I don't know whether it was John Bradley, whatever doing the doing the um, the, oh, the, the, yeah. the commentating, and you could actually hear him going, that fucking just bollock shredded yeah. silence after Lawrenson's gags. You know when he oh. does a gag and it just goes flat. Like, <laughs> oh, like, change the fucking channel. Where's the, the mute button? Where's the mute button? <laughs> the rain was coming down. And he was like, yeah, they, they used to rain out here, the yeah. And you just heard your man going, Yeah, he started telling a story about a thunderstorm on a yeah. previous flight, and he, oh. your man was terrified holding me hand. This ex player. Do you remember such and oh, such? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he was terrified for an hour. He thought we were going to die in that plane crash. And it was just. I must have missed Laurel and Coronation Street. Come up, try one of Becky's up pots. Deirdre Barlow's funeral. She was there with Trev. Okay, so oh, no, no, genuinely, what's he doing on the fucking channel? Who knows? Like, I, I, like he had... was probably the cheapest person available. Anyway, since we've been last recording, we've obviously seen the uh, inevitable exit of Glenn Johnson, and there was probably a big cheer for that. <laughs> Especially, there was definitely in here anyway. Um, and obviously, we've lost uh, Sterling as well. Which you know, some people will say goodbye and good riddance. Others will be quite upset that it's happened or, or, or at least feel an element of we've, we've lost out on one of our better players. So what's the general consensus in here, Phil? Look, the way Sterling goes, it, it, it went really sour and it leaves a bit of taste in your mouth because of the way the agent pushed it, the way Sterling himself pushed it. Like, you know, a lot of a lot of anger was aimed towards his agent. And I know from, from, from interviewing um, Jeremy Dow uh, on, on Saturday, he was saying, you know, Agents will act in the interest of, of of their players, and they won't do they won't do anything that isn't sanctioned by the player. You know what I mean? It's very if, if they, because or if they do, they'll do it once, yeah. and and yeah. then it'll be so, a slap on the wrist. Sterling did multiple things, multiple times, and we all were happy to blame the agent because we wanted Sterling to stay, and you didn't want to, you didn't want to fall out of love with the player yeah. because you're expecting the deal to be done. When in reality, he wanted out. He wanted mm. out from the, from from mm. the off from February onwards. Yeah, he made wanted his mind out, up. and you know. 
and that leaves a bit of, but you know the stuff that Sterling did for us while he was there as a player he did some wondrous stuff yeah, he became absolutely. he became one of the top player, young players in Europe that run we had the second the not la- the, the season before last Sterling was was third best player on the team. You know, yeah. those stories with Suarez and Sterling. We were talking about those the, the three S's. We were talking yeah. about how wonderful this young player was coming through. And those we were talking about him playing behind the two of them as as a ten and how amazing. Well, how far can this fellow's potential and development go? And people say, oh, his attitude's terrible and he's fucking shy and you know he's gone to flop at Manchester City. You think about it when he had his head down and he was playing for us and he was he was fully engaged and fully committed to what he was doing. And fuck me. That's that's an immense player waiting to happen. So if oh. he, if if his head is if his head is right at Manchester City, Richard Wilkins got his, a fresh start. <coughs> he's got and he's under win. pressure now. You know, at, at Liverpool, exactly. Exactly. you know, even in the last six months, he was guaranteed his game. You know, you can say he was rested here, he's rested there, whatever else. That's the club trying to show their strength here and there. But truthfully, you know, when you were looking at your best fit eleven, he was always in it. He's not guaranteed a start at City. I personally think he will start. Mm. But uh, you know, Paul, what, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah. Um, uh, well, like I'm not too sad to see him go. To be honest, like because he's been a giant thunder cunt for the past, for, like for the past couple <laughs> yeah. of months, really. And by the end, it was just like something new every day was just mm. proper popping up. And I would agree with Phil. Like it's not all just the agent. Like you, know, like he's 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 a twenty year old man. He's not an eight year old kid. Yeah. Like, you know, he, mm. if the agent was doing something, he didn't want him to. You, you, you'd rein it in. Told him, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like obviously, it's a lot of potential gone, but. Like it was hard. That the writing was on the wall, really, with the BBC interview. It was. Mm. Uh, it was really clear. When That's he, when it when really happened, that. wasn't yeah. it? That's so, so from it. from there, I kind of, you know, s- took a step back from. I wasn't like too emotionally invested in him or anything. So, uh, yeah, I'm not too too bothered to see him go. Obviously, long term, long term, it's more of a problem, really, because he could mm. blossom into a <laughs> tremendous player. But in the short term, forty nine million for. For where he's at now is huge money. Mm. We're gonna piss it up the wall, like, but it is huge money. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what? You have to give credit to the club for for having stood their ground. They got yeah, an offer yeah, twenty yeah. million. They got an offer thirty odd million. They they've stood firm and and they've done this the whole way through with the Suarez to Arsenal thing, the Suarez to Barcelona thing, the Sterling thing. Now they're sending out a clear message. Yeah, and that, especially that they won't the, be fucked over or sell their assets cheap. Especially with the the pressure and the kind of scrutiny that was on it, because because every day there was something yeah. from Sterling or his agent, something or something got leaked. So you start to nearly feel that the player doing all of that is reducing his value yeah, in the market because yeah, less people become interested. We held, yeah, but we held on. So yeah, we're just. Obviously, it's a kind of a false positive. Like you're gonna think, oh, we're great at selling our best players here, but <laughs> but we did get a lot of money for him. So, we, like on that end, I am happy with it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. And thoughts on Johnson gone, Razor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Say Stoke are happy. Yeah. yeah. He looked happy yeah, when he, he was being unveiled. <laughs> Someone say he took the number eight jersey. Don't Seriously, know. well, Royful taking the number eight, and that shows his aspirations. <laughs> for playing I'm going to be, I'm gonna be Stoke Stevie no. G. That's the next thing. <laughs> um, okay, no, listen. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, just uh, uh, there's a lot. Of, Paul Tushton, the Thunder Cunt element of Sterling is what we're happy to lose. Yeah, mm. right. But we don't want to be seen. I, for me, anyway, I don't want to see us keep selling our best players every summer. Mm. At some stage, it has to stop. If we want to, if we want to progress, we can't be. We can't keep expecting to sell one big player every summer uh, because you're going to be in permanent transition because you'll never get that solid core of a team. Arsenal have, have had to do that up until about three or four years ago. And only now 
are Arsenal starting to put together a squad that you're looking at saying Jesus these lads could actually have a title tilt this year mm-hmm. and I know look at I've seen um, Niall Quinn I think he was on uh, Sky Sports and he was there earlier and he just said something and it was just sort of a little bit of a, 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 a dig to the stomach sort of he just turned around and it's not happening you know this is sort of the start of something maybe where you're seeing people players leaving Liverpool it was always to Spain it was to Madrid or Barcelona that was the step up now over the last couple of years I've just seen it they're drifting off to these other teams that are just above us in the league and it is a bit of a right, here's your here's your here's your pecking pecking or place in the pecking order type I, of thing, you know. Where I think it, I was, you I, was know what I, mean? I was saying it today later on as well. Jump in if you want to, but like just you know, it's City. There's two teams in the league that that no that nobody else, no one else, can compete with if they want to lash as much money as they want, and that's Chelsea and, and City mm. because they're prepared to just do. I, I think you have to put United into that bracket as well. Look at the money they've spent yeah, in the last two summers. I read a scary stat yesterday. It was that Van Gaal has spent more money in the last year than Ajax have in their whole history. Yeah, history. I saw that. I saw that. But just yeah. on Sterling myself, personally, I think it's fantastic money. I really, really do. You know, it definitely has potential. But it can be argued that he can't finish at the moment. You know, it can be argued that some of his decision making is quite poor. You know, some of his touches is quite poor. But don't get me wrong, he's definitely a phenomenal talent. But I think that 49 million is, is, is a great business. You know, the last few months, I thought that his form definitely dipped. Mm. Uh, and the worry for me was going in another season playing like that. What kind of value will we get from him? Will we get 20 million, 25 well, million? Uh, at best, given that he wasn't going to sign a new contract. That was the contract. Fear, you know, and having someone in that dressing room, I think he's, in, you know, of that, his attitude like that, I think it's poison. You know, we can't have someone like that in the dressing room. Yeah. Um, so it is a worry, definitely is a worry that you know we're selling to Manchester City yeah. for sure. You know, yeah, that that is, but like, like Suarez losing Suarez, that's like a massive blow. But this is almost like a special case because it's not often that like a twenty-year-old will decide that he's normally even if you are below the top tier in your own league, normally you can keep like a player like mm. Sterling until maybe for one contract mm. more until he's about twenty-three, and then he'll mm. start saying, "Hang on, I I, I think I'm outgrowing these." But for like, it's I think it's like there's brass balls on him to be 20 and rejecting huge money and saying I have to right now I have to go and play for Man City yeah the scary like, I, oh, sorry so, so like I, I think like that's not going to happen with everyone like Coutinho you could see him staying another couple of years mm-hmm. even if we're at the level we are now before he kind of says my career is getting on a bit I'm coming in, I'm coming towards my peak now and I have to move yeah. I think I think it's a bit like it's a bit of a kind of I think one off no, 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 20 I, year old I, I agree it. with you right and I think I think he's a bit of a freak player in terms of the level of expectation that everyone has around him right mm-hmm. but if you look at it like Rooney did the same when he went to, to from Everton to United yeah. right and he never fulfilled the potential that he that he had yeah. and although I think Sterling's going to do well at City you wonder had he stayed Liverpool inevitably would have built a team around him to mm. get the best out of him, right? City are not going to build a team around Raheem Sterling because mm. they have so many top, especially when they have Sergio Aguero there and, yeah. and you know Silva and, and the whole and all the other players that's there. He will have to fit in to the City team. Dave, I'll give the counterpoint and 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 maybe see what your thoughts are on this. You know, Raheem Sterling flourished as he did because he had somebody like uh, Suarez driving him, demanding the best from him. You look at it last season with Sturridge out most of the year. Who else around in a similar position to him was actually driving him to be the best he could? He had Mario Balotelli, who looks like he can't give a fuck most of the time. And he had Ricky Lambert, who was probably on a mobility chair at you know certain points of the day. Um, <laughs> therefore, not spending a lot of time training. Yeah, that, 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 that's a very fair point. But I suppose 
you know, Stevie's been in his ear the last two years, you know, and kind of guiding him, taking him under his wing, you know, giving him advice. Uh, and I'm sure Stevie's thinking, what is going on here? You know, this lad is gone all of a sudden, I think. But what do you think when your captain decides to fuck off? You know, your captain's in your ear saying, this is the yeah, best yeah, but you can't, no, It is, it is no, different, different. But for Stevie an impressionable 20-year-old, this is what you have to think about. You've got the choice to go to City, and it might not be nice, and Liverpool fans might not like to hear it, but you've got the choice to go to City, double your wages, be in a team of superstars, and know that they are going to buy well most summers. Exactly. And go They're and buy the way. best of what they can. It's a fair point, and I can definitely see Sterling's <laughs> view and why he did go to City. But in my opinion... 49 million is huge money for oh, him. Absolutely. You know, and I think, overall, I think Liverpool are the winners. And I suppose, as mentioned before, I mentioned Jordan Ibe, I think that he seriously will flourish now that Raheem Sterling's gone. If Raheem Sterling remained at the club two or three years' time, I definitely wouldn't have turned into the player that he will become now because now he has the opportunity to step up. You know, I think that if we didn't have someone like Jordan Ibe that can become as good as Sterling, in my opinion, I'd be more worried. But I think that he has every attribute and more. You know, he's stronger, he's better defensively. His decision-making seems to be much better. But like I said, yes, Sterling Sterling definitely can become a a great player. But a lot of players could become great players. Sean Wright Phillips could have become a great player, Mm. you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, we'll hold it there because you have the interview to go in. Um, Okay, when you're ready, can we just get into the... We'll, we'll just just feed into then the Benteke talk. Right? Yeah. Go. So uh, this Benteke saga, lads. How long you know? How long drawn out do you think we can manage to actually keep it going? Are we going to go right up to transfer deadline day, or <laughs> you know, we might even just wait till January. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sign them then. Um, what's it's the thought? No rush. Um, you know, I've 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 been weighing this up in my mind for the last few weeks and I'm trying to come to a conclusion. Definitely just pros for Benteke and definitely just cons, you know, but I think it's kind of ironic that we're, we're, we're expecting Villa to budge, yet we stood so firm on Raheem Sterling's figure, you know, we weren't budging at all. Mm. Can he be the goal? You know, he scored 11 and 9 under Sherwood, but he only scored 2 in the last 15 under Lambert, so which Benteke are we going to get? Yeah. You know, that's the fear for me. Um, you know, a, a friend pointed out to me recently, you know, I said, oh, we don't need a big target man, we don't throw crosses in like that, you know, and he said, well... You know, Brendan Rodgers sold Andy Carroll, you know, the the year before he, he could have won the league. And he said, if you did have Andy Carroll and you did have a plan B, would you have won the league? Because I, I remember the game against Chelsea at Anfield. We just were, we, we were out of ideas. We were looking at each mm. other at start the second half saying, what are we going to do next? So possibly, do we need a target man like that? It, it, the question is, yet again, do we need a £30 million yeah, exactly. plus t- plan B? Yeah, but you know, yeah. That's the problem, I think. The do, money, do, do, the right. crazy. I'll offer, crazy. The, I'll offer the counter to it, right? That I'm going with Dave Thomas here because I don't I don't believe this argument, I, I don't believe this 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 part myself right, but his argument is that if you sign a mobile target man and you're saying that Benteke is a mobile target, which man, he is, he's he's far more mobile than Andy Carroll. Yeah, it's it's then you're signing a target man plus a hybrid. Yeah. So you, you can still play your normal styles. He's the Prius. Prius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two and one. <laughs> he works both on electric and petrol. In yeah. No. No, it's like <laughs> the, no. like you you've seen him play like and mm. you know when he's up against like when he's in oceans of space he looks relatively mobile and mm. relatively skillful. When you put him up against the way teams play against us, like he's not gonna he's not gonna look mobile at my, all. My, my, unless my. we can manage to get Martin Skirtle to play in the opposition every week. <laughs> yeah. He's liable to bag two to three goals but a week. My fear is that go is the same as Paul's. 
is that he's more Emery Chan than he is Sturridge. So he mm. looks mobile when he's got space to run into and give, can build mm. up pace, right? Yeah. But his turning acceleration isn't that quick. Mm. And enough, we, people think of quick players. It's not that they're naturally really fast. No, it's that it's, their turning, it's their turning and, and acceleration yeah. is really fast and can get them three, four, five yards. Yeah, if over, over a long distance, they get caught. It's what Steven Gerrard used to have. Yeah, and Suarez. He used to have a yard and a half to yeah. just get bypass people and, and get the shot off. Or Suarez was a brilliant example. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have great, he wasn't very pacey. But yeah, when he, burst, yeah, and he also had an incredible turn. So when he turned, mm. he could leave players for dead, yeah. get two yards, and it looked mm. like, how did he get that from? Yeah. He must be a very quick player. Aguero was very similar as yes. well. He's not really fast, but he has that burst, burst of acceleration. Yeah, yeah, so, and, and when I'm looking at him, I'm saying, okay, Benteke might be fast, but I don't know if he's a quick accelerator. And that sort of comes back to it's the same. Balotelli is a very is a fast player yeah, when, it, when, you, when you see him get into a stride you put him over 150 100 mm. yards he, yeah. he's going to look quick or when, when you see him going say when, when you saw him when he was bursting say from 40 yards out and you saw him running with the play when, when it was going on the pitch what he game was, was this? No, <laughs> no, no he was he I think he was being chased I made that comment on the pod I said he was keeping up with Sterling and the other players that was going on mm. the problem is that when the ball was fed into him when he went to turn He's a slow turner. Mm. He's he's good at being able to lay the ball off or, mm. or flick it around the door. But he can't. He's not. I'm not saying he's slow around. I wouldn't do a knickknack on his door. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you wouldn't fire a snowball at him and hope to run away. Of all the players I know, I'd want. I'd, I wouldn't. I'd want to call into the house to have, yeah. a, have a chat. With him. Yeah. Why? Why would you knickknack on Balotelli's door? Surely you'd be more. Be more interested going inside. Watch yeah. Teddy with him. Yeah, play PlayStation somewhere. <laughs> in the corner. And um, the the there's been reports this evening whilst we've been in here about the. The, the Birmingham, I think it was the Birmingham Press, were reporting that Balotelli or uh, sorry Benteke um, is a possible target or heavily linked with Man United. Um, you know, if, if that happens, Ray, what what do you see? Uh, people are referring to him as our Plan B. What would be our actual Plan B from a transfer perspective? Jesus, I haven't a clue as in Plan B. I just my whole thing with Benteke was the price, and you know, it, it, it looked to be the usual snapping going on online. Then if United come in, people they said they didn't want. Him will crack up then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And like the Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, Personally, my plan B is a striker there. He scored um, 13 international goals and 33 for Italy. His name is Mario Balotelli. Um, personally, I'd like to see him given a chance in the two up front. You mm. know, I know a lot of people are, even from here and around, a lot of anti Balotelli uh, <laughs> guys around here. I really think, you know, the test of a good manager for me is to get the very best out of a talent, talent, talented player. You know, he did get 46 and 70 prior to coming with, with Inter and City. And of course, Balotelli has been an enigma. You know, we've all known the stories what he's been at. But in my opinion, he hasn't really, he has matured as a person a lot. You know, he doesn't bring that controversy on him anymore that he used to. You know, the odd thing he'll do, he'll throw a silly Instagram photo, photo up now. But, you know, the first game he played for us, he played 60-odd minutes against Spurs and he's up front with Sturridge. And the two of them looked, you know, they looked good together. Mm. And in my opinion, he's, he's been unlucky. You know, Sturridge has gotten injured at the wrong time for him as well. And a lot of time he's played up front in a, in, a, in on top of the diamond, and he, like I said earlier, he drops deep for the ball or pulls wide, and inevitably he looks up where his strike strike partner should be or he should be. So personally, I think Balotelli should be given another season. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have too much of a problem with that myself, to be honest with you. You know, I, I think you know. Was we, he dropped from this tour? What was the? No, he's, the, he's the, on compassionate leave. Yeah, 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 because his adopted father, Lance. I think, or foster father, yeah. was uh, passed away. <laughs> I, I I I could buy into it if I didn't think that Rogers was so anti Balotelli. Mm. Yeah, that I don't I think. If Rogers had wanted him in the first yeah, place, yeah, then yeah, yeah. I think that I think then yeah, I, I think he would have more. I think to be honest with you, I think Lambert has more of a chance of staying than Balotelli oh, does. Sweet which Jesus. no, but, and that's that's the that's the madness of it. I can agree with around the talent, and I could see you could even say, listen, Mario, we're not. I ain't going to sell you. You're going to be four choice striker, and you have to get in ahead of Origi mm. and Inks if you want to get back into it, you know, as, as, as a character to get him motivated. But at the same time, we'd be going into a season where we're, again, fully reliant on storage being fit and not getting injured because mm. I don't mm. want to see the pressure on Ings. We saw what happened with David and Go. You know what I mean? He, no, no, but he I looked at talent the player. It's, 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 we're into the exact same situation mm. again. Mm. Um, I don't want to see the pressure on him. He he needs to get Coca-Cola games, runs in Europa League, and if he scores goals and he gets in a merit, fine, but you don't want to be, you don't want to be mm. fully reliant on him. I don't think Ings over an extended run would bring enough goals for us. I think we'd have the same issue as we had last year. He would score more goals, but I don't think he'd score enough. Mm. So we're back to, we need somebody that we can trust, not as a plan B, but as a plan AA. Yeah. Because mm, we need... Absolutely. We need a Torres Suarez type of yeah, figure. So that if, if one is gone, the other one's in, and if the two of them are there, they can play together. And for me... That you, you want you want to replicate, not necessarily Suarez as a player, but you were able to play Suarez on his own. Sturridge played games on his own yeah. with the lads around him playing wide, Coutinho yeah, and Sterling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you could move the formation around to play both of them together yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as mentioned at Benteke there, you know, I, I agree the money is crazy for him. But will he get will he be guaranteed to start? In my opinion, I don't know. Are we going to spend thirty two million on a player? I would, in my opinion, I don't think he'd start week in week mm-hmm. out. Potentially, Rigi and Sturridge could get in the team ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And if it is just one up front and God for well, storage is had to get in, I don't know, leading kryptonite injections or something <laughs> and he's able to play the entire season. Um like I mean, you you could be talking about paying that type of money for a substitute if he's playing one up top. But the but the big elephant in the room is that for me storage doesn't play well in, in one up top. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he need he needs a strike partner. Mm. Yeah. Well my opinion with storage is I thought that year Suarez had it was incredible and he created so much space for Sturridge because the two or three defenders are just looking for Suarez every yeah. time he's on yeah. the ball and Sturridge benefited from that greatly you know so Sturridge is tight, more tightly marked now I don't know will he score the same amount of goals uh, he scored that year it's gone back to your point about the Spurs game that was arguably Sturridge when the, the last game he was fit in and it was, it was the best game he played all last season right? mm-hmm. when he came back from the injury for the little spell he had from injury he was playing up, up front on his own and he never looked as threatening mm-hmm. because he had two players marking him all the time mm-hmm. where he he benefits when he isn't being has, hasn't got two players on him. Now I'm hoping, looking at the way we lined up, that that's being learned. As I was saying, going back to the match that we looked at, where they played two up front, and if you ha- like, that's where I can understand sort of Benteke and, and Sturridge playing as, as a two up front. That's where I can sort of say, yeah, yeah, I can get that. You know what I mean? But do, you, do you not see then Origi and Sturridge up front in the sense of? I'm I think they're very similar. Yeah, and I think, I think and I think Origi's keeping. Benteke out of the... Well, he's the, not at the moment. Is he not? No, so Benteke was starting the last game and he was called the statue by the manager. Mm. So you'd have to assume he's not going to start the next one. No, well, well if it isn't, then Lukaku's in the squad as well. Origi yeah. is tour choice behind those two boys. Right, so okay. all I'm saying is that, you know, there's there's he's a kid, Origi's a kid. Ings, for me, is going to be the backup to whoever we to sign plus the storage <laughs> yeah. and then Origi will come in for, for games here or, and there yeah, or if, if pace would make him that yeah. little bit different if, no, if there if, was space if, in behind if, you'd, if you'd fancy say, him over if, Ings if you're missing storage and you're saying right Ings and, and whoever it is is, is my front two 
then Origi's going to be on the bench and if they need to bring on someone who's going to be similar to Sturridge to change the, to change the shape yeah, you, that's, you, that's where you yeah, but let, let's not forget the Firmino I know he, he he's a centre player like you know he can play in behind a, a one up top you know kind of in the hole as a I suppose a false nine he's definitely another option there mm. you know yeah 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 no, absolutely mm. um, but alternatives I, I don't know people are saying we've got we've got you know, there's there's mad talk of Lacazette again. Why? Well, oh, no, you know, here's here's the greatest. It shouldn't thing. be mad talk. Why can't we just make it, a bid though? Why can't, it, I don't get it. Well, here's the greatest way for me. Yeah. Just yeah, here's exactly. the greatest mystery of Lacazette. We're, we're, if he just, wants eighty grand a week and you come in and offer him a hundred before someone yeah. else offers hundred and twenty, he'll take that. But right, so I don't right, see. Right, the, right. Right. I, don't, I don't know if he does. Right, he's like this. This is the argument I've had with a few people. If he, if you go in and say, right, we'll pay you twenty five million. You're looking for twenty one. We'll pay you eighty grand, or we we'll pay you a hundred grand. You're looking for eighty. An agent's job isn't to say, "Okay, take that." An agent's job is to ring the other clubs who are interested and say, "Okay, well, Liverpool, we're that, Liverpool have earlier, made a firm offer of twenty-five. They've made an offer of a hundred grand. That's what you well, need." Well, earlier to do. on we said about Sterling and that these agents walk on their players' orders. If he has said to them, "If you get me a hundred grand a week, I'm happy." Let's just say there's he, no reason that he could be slightly different. But he's probably saying, so be happy with a hundred grand. He, he probably wants to live in London, maybe, yeah. maybe. Or, or 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 fucking well, Barcelona. Can, can, or I, give, mm. can I give him my? Absolutely, Phil. Because you're going to whether I let you or not. So. <laughs> if, if, if you've noticed, that very few English clubs have been linked with Lacazette. Just in, in general, mm. right? Mm. We've talked. Mm. We, does talk, United need a striker? He hasn't been linked with them. We need linked to Arsenal. Everyone gets linked to Arsenal, and then nothing never happens. Right? <laughs> <It's> Sterling, <laughs> Sterling was linked to Arsenal. Um, Firmino Suarez Suarez, Suarez, Suarez yeah. who's going to Arsenal well Suarez wanted well, to go yeah. to Arsenal <laughs> Suarez wanted to go anywhere that Suarez time. gave them the pound yeah. to go over to the East Coast he's a pound my friend actually just, just on that Decent to think that we actually got to think that Arsenal thought they were going to get Suarez for 40 million and a pound when we got 49 million for Sterling it's incredible yeah it is nuts uh, only a year I think there's a deal for I think there's a deal for Lacazette done I think he's going to PSG and I think PSG need to sell some players at the moment. Yeah, they probably need to shift Cavani or someone like Cavani that. Cavani to United. It could oh, be. Yeah, but but going, going back to what Ray was saying, if you do go in with a serious bid to both the club and the player, then at least like you're in the running for it. Like you know, and like you're you're in there earlier before exactly. before the bigger clubs. Like, we did it. We did it with Firmino. Like, yeah. or, or like and we do hear players saying that this early <laughs> interest. They say, "Well, what made you no. come here?" And they say they were the first ones to come in. They showed an Absolutely. interest. Early. In all honesty, Firmino should be playing in the Champions League, but like. We went in and with like a serious offer to him and the club, and the club had to the club accepted it. And his agent, like, it's like, oh yeah, there's a few people interested in you, but here's Liverpool who are properly like they there's seem they really on the table. Exactly. They really seem to want you. So like, I agree. Like you would, you'd have a chance at least if you did go in seriously. Like I suppose the the, the other question to ask is where does he fit in in the team after we've signed Marco Royce? <laughs> <laughs> That's all they're laughing for, lads. I've, I've been on the style for me. No, I've been on Twitter right. two days this month, yeah. and both days <laughs> that we were definitely signing them. Surely, oh, they, surely they know what they're talking about. I heard no? a few lads have had a whisper in John Henry's ear. Yeah. Well. That's bound to work. Yeah, yeah. So, no, but I, I definitely, I definitely agree. We need to show some intent. You know, mm. someone said to me on Twitter during the week, oh, "We can't be going for these players because we bid for them and." you don't get them then um, John Henry looks silly you know we need to show some intent and make bids for these players and show that you know we mean business you know instead of afraid to go for Marco Reyes or Lacazette and just find you know championship player and said like Will Hughes or something you know yeah do you remember the fucking six months of, of Will, Will Hughes, Hughes mania <laughs> 
people going around with Will Hughes t-shirts on and blonde wigs. We're all sitting here with our hair tied blonde. Ray just took the head off a mop. What about Tom Ince? We couldn't even sign Tom Ince. Yeah, we couldn't sign him back after he left us. With our boy back clothes. With our own boy back clothes. No, you can't have him back. I don't care what clothes you have. Well, yeah, but is Marco who some liking photographs? He, yeah, he liked uh, Marino followed him on Instagram, so now it's, it's on. To, it's definitely happening, absolutely. If I was now seriously, if I was if I was Saka or somebody in the dressing room, I'd say, lads, come on, let's all get on the fucking yeah, Instagram yeah. and let's all fucking start following Mike Marco. Moore, I just yeah. just for a laugh, like yeah. seriously, like a group of lads, you'd be just there, you'd be following everyone, Messi. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> see, you, see you soon, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or the ultimate get back, there's Lambert. Come on. We all unfollow. <laughs> <laughs> we do what Madrid did to Casillas. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, that's that brilliant. was brilliant. Terrible. Don't have to melt and unfollow. I'll be laughing. Did you see him? Did you see him throwing with Porto and his arms crossed like like he was on the bowl step? Like he got sentenced to Porto. His mother in fucking in the papers giving the large one saying they're a third rate team and he should never have gone there. Crazy stuff. But it was like thank. I think there was tweets in the space of five minutes where Madrid. Put out, thank you, Saint Dika, for all the stuff. And yeah. there was a picture of me about five minutes yeah. later, unfollowed. That's good because he was sending them DMs because he wanted to come get it. <laughs> just on that, you're not you're not a top player anymore unless your mother or father says something in the media. Do you yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, Jordan Ives' pa- mother pa- is Jesse. an agent, isn't she? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, he Sterling team. said in his thing that his mum thought, thought he looked well and blue there for his, his first <laughs> photo shoot at sea. So, yeah, so, well, if his, mother, in fairness, if his mother didn't think he looked well and blue, there's something wrong. Like, if, you're, if your mother's saying that you're not going to Can I get a bit of love off your mammy? Who can you get it off? Huh? <laughs> Why has your mother ever said you look, you look brutal? Uh, get about that two off. weeks ago, actually. My <laughs> <laughs> mother doesn't like skinny jeans. Where are you going with skinny jeans? Are you going out? <laughs> why, why, why are you wearing your sister's jeans? <laughs> I look well in them. <laughs> to be fair, she was upset with me because I was in the shower in her underwear. But... <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was killing two birds with one stone to be honest with you just on that Ben Dickey deal it's reminded me a small bit of the Clint Dempsey deal a couple of years ago remember we couldn't get him over the line and Spurs mm. came in then all of a sudden just swooped yeah. that may, may well happen with United but yeah, well, if it does, it works out in the same way. I'll be happy to save <laughs> thirty minutes. If they want to save us from ourselves, they're fucking more than welcome. I think some of the players Clint have to mention that we went to senior league division two this season. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Clint Dempsey, Will Hughes, Tomins, we're really aiming to win the Champions League. Uh, to be fair, I have one of the worst shaming <laughs> stories ever, where I publicly announced that I wanted Tom Ince over Coutinho <laughs> I don't know who Coutinho is Loud no I knew who he was I knew he was just this young lad who'd played some games with Inter and, and then had been loaned out and I thought well fuck it you know what's going to make him a success over Tom Ince <laughs> yeah. tearing it up in the championship <laughs> <laughs> well you're watching the, some of the foreign leagues I wouldn't have had a brace at the time 8 million this kid coming in from Inter I had no fucking clue I know yeah. that someone at Inter Milan ended up with a horse's head in his bed after that sale <laughs> 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 once he's in this is Ronnie Wheeler there and you're listening to Tripper Chats unbelievable stuff you ask me anything about Liverpool FC I will answer that immediately I'm an encyclopedia as you know I played for Liverpool in the 1980s won many trophies played with the likes of Kenny Dagleach Graeme Sunez oh, what, a, what a team we were we were just unbelievable anyway Tripper <laughs> ok so we move on to uh, to Tripper's Chats and, and uh, 
get a bit of shy talk going. Not that I haven't been enough of that already. <laughs> get it going. <laughs> it's got about an hour. Stepping up a level, so <laughs> off the ante. Um, take it up a notch. So we have. Um, we have some in here now. Um, one, <laughs> we didn't later on. Instead of making questions one up. from at Snake Griffin asks, uh, would you rather piss yourself anytime you stood up or shit yourself anytime you sat down? Dave. <laughs> I'd have to go for the shit myself. Every, every time you sat down? Every time I sat down, yeah. Really? Do you, do you sit down less than you Just stand Just the warmth from pissing yourself is just very uncomfortable, isn't it? Well, not when you're but pissing yourself. It's lovely. It's, it's when it gets cold that it becomes uncomfortable. The warmth yeah, of pissing the yourself what is something wonderful. What about the itch? You ever get do you dribble down piss? your pants when you get the kind of... You think it's the, the kind of itch if you're, you're like... sitting in your own log all day? <laughs> <laughs> and it's trying to crawl its way back up your head. Not when you have a bit of pseudocream. This shit, no. How do you get pseudocream through the shit? I'm all about the Do you have to leave the shit there when you do it? Or can you scoop it out? Yeah, no. Always with the worst gag reflex. You can show me people dying left, right, and centre. That wouldn't bother me. Yeah. Smells. Run, run oh some blue, blue cheese under your nose. They used to do the deliveries, right? And they sent me down to that the, the Rings End Water Treatment Plant. So I oh. spent twenty minutes bringing boxes into the place. Now, literally getting sick all that. over their, their stationery. As I was passing, <laughs> it was helping you walk here. <laughs> <laughs> Not like uh, just smells of yeah. piss all the way. I piss all over myself all the day long. <laughs> Down the way, up the way, in name it. It's just. <laughs> well, at least with the piss though, you could just you could take a jocks down. I. And not get the not, not get piss all over yourself. <laughs> no, 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 no. Right, you, 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 have to, you have to go you're and you have to have proper wet yourself. Oh, you have to do yeah. these yeah. rules. Well, no. If I'm not this is real life, and you don't have to do it either. You can just go <laughs> to the jacks. But for the purpose of this question, yes. If I'm not allowed to scoop the shit out of me hoop right here, you're not allowed to put your fucking mickey out and piss on the ground instead, right? That's just having a piss in public. That's not really a tough choice you're left with there. You could just tie a bag into yourself. So come here. What's the thoughts on the McGregor fight? Anybody actually give a shit apart from Wanker. Ray? <laughs> I know <laughs> Ray loves him. Yeah, no, he's he's yeah. grown on me. Like. Yeah, yeah, no. He, listen, he, yeah, yeah, no. Mel- no, he, was a me- he was a mouthpiece and now he's at the moving up, stepping up a level there and he's he's backing it up. He's mm. um, He fought against a style, style of fighter that everyone said he was going to be weak against. Your man spent a lot of the fight on top of him, hitting him with his best shots and in the post... Post fight presser, your man says that as he was hitting him, McGregor was actually going, eh, eh, didn't hurt. Eh, eh, is that all you've got? As he was clobbering him with elbows and then got up and sparked him out. He's top boxer and I'm delighted for him. It's bleeding. Ah, listen, yeah, it's yeah, great yeah, to see an Irish I, I, fella I don't care about the UFC myself, but as an Irish sports star, you know, yeah. yeah, listen, you can call him a wank or whatever, but why would you want somebody from a different country to win ahead of... Yeah. Yeah, I was really impressed how uh, well he can take a punch. Yeah. You know, I didn't see him take punches like that before. Yeah, but that's, listen, ne- that's talking, never actually been said about me. Trash talking is only bad, <laughs> let's say, if, you, if you're crap. Let's yeah. face it, Muhammad mm. Ali was the biggest trash talker you'll ever hear in your life. And he, he, and he was loved for it. People he go back now. And and <laughs> but in fact, he was he, he's an intelligent man. He's, he's seriously marketable now, isn't he? You know, all from the, the spoofing. But yeah. He can back it up. He yeah. can definitely yeah, he's, back it up. He's become a, he, he is now a, a star Superstar. in the UFC. He's, he's the biggest and and he will be the one that they're able to, to promote as a, as a box office hit for them. He's mm-hmm. a here's a, the here's a question. If, if Raheem Sterling goes and wins the league with City next season, does he justify all his shite talk and his decisions depends for on, Liverpool depends, fans. Depends on his input. Yeah, what's what's he justifies his decision to go to City. He doesn't justify being an absolute wanker. Yeah. Basically. There's certain ways to go about things and he went about it the wrong way. 
did we, but did come here. Bollocks, did we, did we not, did we not sign Suarez in the exact same fashion, fellas? Yeah, but listen, you know, that's, that's football. football. Yeah, that's that's football it's tribalism, man. Don't give him to the team, so I don't like him. Hang on. Do you think, do you think? If we go on to win the league, that we'd welcome Sterling back the same way the Ajax fans welcome Suarez back. Now, you know, there's, there's a massive difference to Suarez and mm-hmm. Sterling in terms of the, the, you know people say, oh look, it looks the same as the way Suarez left Ajax, but he didn't because he he never fell out with the fans and the fans didn't turn against Suarez mm-hmm. the whole time he was there. Yeah, which is which is fair. Um, we have another one here <coughs> from uh, Shapaz Music. First single or album you ever purchased, Paul? I'll put that one to you, given your love of music. I couldn't tell you. Probably some fucking dance <laughs> compilation when I was about twelve or something. Why was the London Boys Harlem Nights? No, London Boys. L- no, Harlem Harlem, Nights. Harlem Boys London Nights. Mine was Hanson Mba. Nice, nice. Mine was Michael Jackson Bad. The album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would have been. Yeah, probably that was one my of my first, first albums. albums. Yeah, that was my first album. Bobby, no, Bobby Brown's. Albums <laughs> come here, fuckers! I can't remember. <coughs> they were going into black and white memories. Yeah, it was the Dean Martin record. Yeah. No, no. What, what, what was the first vinyl? cassette that you bought? What did you buy for yeah. your gramophone? It would have been the Now, very first Now. Now one. No, one. Now, yeah. It wasn't even I, one. There was no numbers. It was just, it was just now. Now. That's now. what I was called. A pig was the emblem. On it. I remember that. Yeah. What yeah. was the emblem? A pig. A pig, a pig with earphones or shades on or something. No. Was a it cool a pig. Trev's first record was a silent record because they, they hadn't invented sound yet. <laughs> no, I heard, I heard, I heard <laughs> there's an oil painting of Beethoven handing him a symphony. <laughs> 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 just writing, writing music on a script at the time. And you put a spin and just spun out. Sitting on Beethoven's piano. <laughs> what's, this is a what's the thing symphony. that's annoying you most about Liverpool fans um, during pre-season? The outrage. The outrage on everything. Fume. Yeah. The fume. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not allowed to talk about that anymore. <laughs> no, but yeah, it is. The way it's they everything. fume. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but like, even, even right, Skirtle and Lovren and Sacco and Torre, right? The meltdown that went on about Skirtle and Lovren playing in the second half and, Sk- yeah. and Colo and Sacco play that's it yeah. Sacco's no Sacco's the 28 choice centre back at the club <laughs> this is a disgrace I heard Andre Wisdom's in ahead of me uh, <laughs> Brendan hasn't a bleeding clue they're playing against some Pepsi Cola 11 and I can't believe he's not starting Sacco and Scare. this is rubbish they should be playing Alori and Sacco because the rest of them are shy fuck them out Stefan Henshaw should be tortured <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a lot of bollocks of his well, I, I tell you I'll, I'll pick my one and unfortunately Dave tipped on it earlier on it's all the Liverpool fans saying fuck Sterling anyway Oib is better than him <laughs> Oib is defo better than him I know he's unbelievable Oib is I saw Oib and they call him Oib people who think that Oib is going to be better than Sterling call him Oib I saw Oib uh, twice on match of the day and he is definitely going to be better than Sterling with his no goals and his, <laughs> and his very little end product so far he's definitely going to be better and I'm just like fuck off you know what I mean? It's just it's infuriating listening to them. Yes, he may be an excellent player. Um, Raheem Sterling has produced and produced on a reasonably consistent basis, and that's why people are paying for it. I think, but I think I think a lot of people are more impressed with Oyed's attitude. Mm. Of course they are. But you know he, what? He I'm sure Ricky Lambert has a fucking great attitude. No, maybe what they're trying to say is when when Sterling first broke into the team, yeah. he hardly lit the world on fire. Yeah. So they're sort Where of they're equating well where Sterling is now to Oyed just breaking into the team, and maybe the same type of potential what they're seeing in Sterling back then, not like for like now. But that's but, not what they're saying, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Warren Chris. Stay up. I'm going to delete a few tweets here. Fuck it. Unfavourable tweets like a motherfucker. Where's the edit button on the tweet? It's not Facebook. I have an article coming out next week called Ive Can Be King. Tune in. There'll be one anonymous comment. You're only a cunt anyway. If you see those words, you know it was me. A nice little picture himself himself and King Kenny at Melwood. At Josiah Villa asks, why do LFC only sign players with abnormally large heads? I don't know. It is a fascinating thing. We do like to sign massive head players. I can't believe our own Damo Flood hasn't got a contract with him. I was looking at did you see when Milner hit his face under the ground and like the whole pitch is going to have to be relayed he took about 7 kilos of turf up in his cheeks he did picking mud pushing them some mud hell is huge it's some jaw isn't it yeah, if, if ever a head was made for Batman it's James Milner it's just a jaw he's got a jaw and a desperate dance yeah. uh, it's like saying who else now you see as I say oh no Lambert obviously he's, Ings, he's, have you seen the size yeah, of Ings head actually no yeah, yeah, for me no yeah, massive head. I think that's the sole reason we're in Get it up to his head, Get it up for Mino's head. Have you seen the pictures? He, like, Firmino looks like somebody who's an alien. Yeah, but he has the body of an 11 year old. He just has a normal head and a tiny body. He doesn't. He has His head goes. Yeah, his forehead is about three feet long. It is. Check it out. He's like the Brazilian Rihanna. A forehead that goes to his neck. Yeah. <laughs> he wakes up in the world and doesn't know when to stop washing his face. He doesn't know whether he's washing his head or wiping yeah, his ass. He asses himself like that. He's really two two pages. <laughs> He has two pipes behind his ears and all the more. Um, okay, at Fizzy Benelin asks, if you had to replace the real flavour of smoky bacon, steak or chicken with crisp equivalent, which do you choose? Well, you run that by me again? What? That was a bit confused. <laughs> at Fizzy Benelin asks, if you had to replace the real flavour of smoky bacon, steak or chicken with crisp... With a crisp equivalent. equivalent. Oh, so you sorry. had to replace... Okay. You, ha- you can't eat chicken anymore, you have to eat chicken crisps. Or you can't have uh, you can't have bacon anymore. You have to have smoky bacon. Or crisps. if you if you decide to have a lump of cheese with an onion on it, no, no, you have to eat cheese and onion crisps uh, instead. Yeah. Is it all right? So steak. <laughs> <laughs> the look of utter disdain from Brenzi is magic. Surely it has to be crispy bacon or streaky bacon because the whole reason you make that is to make it crispy, so you can add it to a sandwich or something else. So you put your smoky bacon crisps crisps on with chicken on a sambo. That's going to be fucking tasty. In fact, I'd eat that right now. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) I don't want steak crisps. I don't want chicken crisps. I want smoky bacon crisps. If only somebody somebody made... If only somebody made (laughs) smoky bacon crisps. (laughs) So basically, you want the chicken sandwich with smoky bacon crisps? Yeah. But if you had to replace the real world equivalent, so you have to replace it with crisps, you can't have it anymore. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So, I'm happy so to give you up reckon crisp, that smoky bacon crisps I'm, I'm happy to give up streaky bacon in all the things that I've used streaky bacon in. I'm fairly confident I could bang crisps in there in, in most of them. Apart from the egg sandwich, maybe. That might be a bit <laughs> But Some crisps yeah. in the oven. Crisps and egg sandwich? I might give it a go at the weekend. How would you wrap <laughs> a chicken breast in crisps? Oh. You wouldn't. You'd put pancetta instead. Well, if you hadn't got pancetta. 
Then you'd fucking just eat the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you'd stop being a pretentious cunt. <laughs> get on with it, <laughs> I um, used up my taking silly questions seriously when I was considering scooping shit. <laughs> <laughs> when I sat down, so I'll sit this one out. <laughs> okay, let's uh, run through our admin towards the end. Uh, firstly, a massive thanks to the Corkonian in Cologne, uh, Vinny and the boys there for looking after Phil so well and sending them back about as good as we could expect them to be. <laughs> um, on top of that, uh, we'd like to uh, announce that we will be doing a live podcast from the Corkonian in October, probably late October. Uh, stay tuned with us for more details on that uh, as we'll release them near the date and hopefully some people can come along and have a listen to us. Um, as always, a, a big thanks to the Astro Park here in Tala for looking after us and hosting us on a constant basis. Um, your number one spot for five and imaginary seven-a-side needs. Um <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> Your trippers tonight were Paul Brennan. Uh, we had Dave O'Connell. Uh, we had Ray Brady, uh, Phil Casey, as always, and myself, Steve O'Daly. Thanks. <sighs> okay. No, you don't. Your Dave trippers tonight were. Yeah. Uh, what's Dave's surname? O'Connell. Okay. So, sorry, you had. Um, Paul Brennan. I know Paul Brennan, for fuck's sake. Ray fucking. Brady. Brady. Okay. Okay. Your trippers tonight were um, <laughs> <laughs> were um, M and M, M&S. Big Daddy Scoop. <laughs> go oh fuck! You're right, let's go. go. <laughs> we got to give it a bit of time so you can edit. Go. Your trippers tonight were Paul Brennan. <laughs> fuck off with you because I keep thinking you were Paulie B and I'm looking over and can see him laughing his whole off at me oh what a cunt uh, if this was me I'd be pissing myself at somebody else God. your trippers tonight were Paul Brennan Dave I can't remember his surname <laughs> oh, Dave Roberts Dave O'Connell Dave O'Connell <laughs> don't know close enough <laughs> say, say Dave Roberts Go. Your trippers tonight were <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. <sighs> no, I gotta get it together. Three, your... two, one, go. Your trippers tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that fucking hurt. I know, I'm laughing. I can't stop laughing. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, let's go. Your trippers tonight were Paul Brenzy Brennan. Um, <laughs> I forgot Dave's name again. O'Connell or O'Connor? O'Connell. O'Connell. Okay, Daniel O'Connell. Yeah, calm down. Dave O'Connell, not Daniel O'Connell. Yeah, I know. Okay, go ahead. Your trippers tonight were Paul Brenzy Brennan. <laughs> oh, fucking here we go. Okay. Summer's coming, Washington, D.C., and so are pesky mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin your backyard fun. Call your local True Green experts for True Green Mosquito Defense. This science-based treatment will help control mosquitoes in your yard within 24 hours and keep your family and pets comfortable all season long. Save 50% on your first mosquito service by visiting TrueGreen.com summer or call 877-629-0092. Say goodbye to mosquitoes and hello to the perfect outdoor space for summer. Call True Green today you started as an rn caring for one patient at a time but now you're being called to help more patients more often by earning your master's in nursing leadership and healthcare systems degree online from grand canyon university you could become a leader responsible for staff development and patient care outcomes 
What do you think making a difference in healthcare looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Sports Social Podcast Network.